Look at Luke chapter 11, if you will, please. The pattern of prayer. Our Lord teaching his disciples to pray in all of us. There's nothing more important than prayer. Oh, what a privilege it is to talk to our loving Heavenly Father. Know he listens to us, responds to us, cares about our every need. Luke 11, I'll read verses 1 through 3, if you will, please. We'll do a few minutes of review, and then we'll focus on verse 3 tonight. It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, All right, here's the way you pray, fellows. When you pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's look at God's provision in prayer, uh, taken from verse three, but pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for all who are here tonight. What a wonderful group, and I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd share with us wonderful words of life. Thank you for your love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, restoration. You are so faithful, and we love you. Bless every prayer request tonight, offered up verbally, and then so many raise their hands saying, I have a silent request. Dear Lord, you care about that. And when we call upon your name, you respond and you help us. And I'm so grateful. Bless this time tonight. Bless Sunday and a wonderful day. And I'll praise you for all you do. For asking in your name with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. This is the turning point in this prayer. The first three points in verses 1 and 2 deal with our Lord's glory. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Those three petitions have to do with our Lord's glory. The next three have to do with our needs. Uh, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us verse 4 and lead us not to temptation those are our personal needs it deals with provision pardon and protection but god's glory is always in front of all of our prayers it's always in view we never pray selfish prayers or should not every prayer we pray our primary concern should be is god going to be glorified in the answer of it our God loves to be glorified, and he's worthy to be glorified, is he not? And I love to glorify our wonderful, wonderful Lord, and our prayers should seek to glorify God in the way he answers the prayer. This explains why a lot of prayers never get answered, because God will not answer self-centered, self-serving prayers. He will not. James mentioned this in James 4, 3. You ask and receive not because you ask it amiss or for selfish reasons. God will only answer prayers that bring him glory. And you may say, well, what about my needs? Oh, he cares about your needs more than you do. He knows about, if that's uh, uh, Domino's, tell him to leave the insurance on. But anyway, this might as well get involved while we're in here. <laughs> But when we pray, we don't have to worry about, well, if I'm thinking about God and glorifying Him, what about my needs? What about getting what I need from Him, my needs being met? Oh, listen, 
He loves to meet your needs more than you ever could imagine. And he's more interested and he knows more about your needs than you even know what you need for yourself. You don't have to worry about that. Bring your petitions to him. Tell him all about it. Say, this is what's going on, my loving Heavenly Father. I want you to know and I want you to help me with it. And I want you to be glorified and answer. I'm telling you, help's already on the way. He cannot turn that down. He will meet every single need that you have. Now, this is totally opposite of these brazen demands, you know, from this word of faith movement. These brazen demands upon God. You know, speak the word of faith and it's done. Or claim it in Jesus' name. Or believe it and it's done. Let's make a covenant together in prayer and this is going to happen. And God will give us a sign. All this stuff is self-serving and it glorifies the one doing the praying instead of God to whom they're supposed to be praying. Anytime you hear all of these personal pronouns, I, me, mine, all that stuff, you can rest assured that person is wanting attention instead of bringing glory to God. But don't you, don't you just want to glorify him in your life? Amen. Uh, so many times, I wish I could just disappear, Doug, and be invisible. I, I don't want to be in view. I, I've looked at myself over and under and around and sideways, and I'm not impressed with me at all. But I'm totally occupied Amen. with him, and I want everybody to see Jesus in me. Uh, there's nothing much about me at all, but he's altogether lovely. And he needs to be seen and glorified in our lives. And the best way to do that is in prayer and watching those prayers be answered and people seeing God meet our needs in our lives. That's amazing. Now, let's look at a few things tonight and enjoy this together. God is our supporter and our supplier. Look at the word bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We'll start at the back of the verse and work our way back up to the front. But the word bread is in the generic sense. It means all of our needs. Listen, yeah. this includes food, clothing, shelter, physical needs, and emotional needs. God wants to meet all of our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us day by day everything we need. And it is a day by day thing. Amen. He wants you to come before him every day. You remember the manna falling and the Israelites tried to hoard it up and have it for several days and it rotted. Yeah. God would only let them have it one day at a time. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily, daily, daily. Going before him saying, Lord, this is my need for today. He loves to hear from you. Amen. And he loves to answer your prayers. And he loves to be glorified in it. But the Lord wants to meet all our needs. A prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed covering all your needs is this. Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. I pray God that he preserve your whole spirit, soul, and body unto the day of the Lord. That's the whole matter. That's your total person. That's every need you could ever have. And Paul was praying for those there at Thessalonica that God would meet every one of their needs, physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, everything. And listen, I'm not going to let the charismatics cause me to move away from the fact that God can help you financially. 
God cares about that too. When your peanut butter jar is getting low over to the house, he cares about that. When you go to the grocery store and you come out with two bags that's $125, God cares about that. He knows the cost has gone up. He knows about recession we're in. Uh, some of the indicators are saying we're going to be in a recession this summer. Well, where have you been? We're already in it. Right. Eggs are $5 a, a dozen. Yeah. Gas is back up over $3 a gallon. You say, boy, it's tough and I'm going to have to just work this out and work harder and Man, it's putting pressure on me. Wait a minute. God keeps up with that. He cares about that. He cares about your every single need, even to the smallest detail. I don't share too much about myself. I don't like that. But I was in the dentist chair yesterday from about 8 o'clock to 4.30, and uh, my teeth, aren't they pretty? We're not recording this, are we? We're not videoing this, are we? No. I want you to look at my teeth after church. They're so pretty. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. They did it. But they had to work extensively all day. Now, listen, I'm saying something to you here. I know that don't mean much to people with the preacher's teeth, but it means a lot to my Lord. He cares about my teeth. And I know some of you may wear dentures, and I'm, I'm not insensitive to that, and thank God you can have them. But when you're a preacher... If you don't have your own teeth, it, it, you have to adjust some things around by the way you speak and, and the way you exert yourself because you don't them flying out on the front row. <laughs> you know? Just, and that, that, I don't want anything, listen, I'm as honest before God as I can be, I don't want anything to interfere with my presentation of the Word of God. I don't, I don't want anything. I, I don't want to, listen, if I, ever, if I ever do anything, if I'm ever dressed in any way, if I ever have anything going on about me that distracts from my Lord, tell me and I'll stop doing it. I want to glorify my Lord. I don't want anything to interfere with that. I want to be all I can be and let me turn around and say, and I need all the help I can get. You know, I do. But imagine the God of heaven who runs the universe, uh, controls the Middle East, has his hand on Russia, China, everything else. He runs it. They're puppets on a string. He's running it. He has a sovereign plan. And all that going on, and he condescends to this little old preacher boy and says, Ron, I care about your teeth. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? He cares about everything about you, ladies and gentlemen. He cares everything about you. He loves you dearly. By the way, I get so tired of this. They, they said yesterday over the office, for a man your age. You know, your teeth and gums are great. I get so tired of that. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to walk in with some black tulips one of these days, organs. And just fold them over my chest and say, I'm already dead, don't worry about it. <laughs> but God will never fail you. Listen to this. Psalm 37, 25. The psalmist said, I have been young, but now I'm old. Wayne, you and I are kind of feeling that, aren't we? <laughs> I have been young, but now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Wow. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
all your needs. He's wonderful. He's a great, big, loving, heavenly Father, and I just want to hug him and bring him glory. Don't you? Amen. Oh, my soul. I love that. We can have complete confidence that he hears and answers our prayers simply because he cares. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Marvelous. Jesus gave a parable in Matthew 7, verses 9 through 11. He compared earthly fathers to the heavenly father. And he said, if you being evil, no matter to give good gifts unto your children, how much more does your heavenly father give good gifts to them that ask him? Now here's the logic. Your father, when you're growing up, he would take care of you, surely he would. He might not have got everything right, mine didn't. He might not have done everything right, but when it came down to the bottom line and you had a real need, that earthly father would help you with that. Amen. How much more will your heavenly father, who is perfect, who always gets everything right, meet your every need? Amen. He will not refuse you he will not refuse you. He wants you to ask him and he wants to be glorified in the way he answers it. And <laughs> you will have your need met every time. And by the way, he'll probably give you a whole lot more than you thought you had coming. Amen. I heard about a little boy who went to the general store with his mother. And this is back, you know, in the old store and they had the big barrel of hard rock candy right out there. You ever see any of that? Some of you are saying, what in the world are you talking about, preacher? But some of you older ones, you got him. There's a little boy when there's a little bib overalls and mother's with him. And he started eyeing that hard rock candy. And uh, that clerk behind the counter said, go ahead and get you a little bit of that, son. Get your hand in there and get you some of that hard rock candy. Well, he didn't do it. He said, no, I mean it. Go ahead and get you some of that. And he still stood there. And the clerk got a little frustrated. He came up around the counter and he got his hand in there and he took it out and put it down that bib overall pocket. And when they walked outside, the mother said, son, why didn't you get you some of that candy? Why'd you wait for the clerk to come around and get you that candy? He said, cause his hand's bigger than mine. <laughs> his hand's bigger than yours. He'll give you what you need. Just let him do it his way, right? Every single time. It's wonderful. And then, just in case you think he's not a great, big, wonderful God, the variety of food around this world is absolutely astonishing. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's enough food to feed everybody on this planet for the rest of their lives. Yeah. But it's mismanagement and greed Amen. that's causing poverty. God is a great, big, wonderful God who is generous, gracious, beyond anything we could ever consider. And he's provided enough on this planet for everybody who lives on it the rest of their lives to have all they need. And if it wasn't mismanaged and people weren't greedy, everybody could eat regularly yeah. and have their needs met. He's that kind of a God. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Now, the next word is the first word. Give us this day our daily bread. This suggests a childlike trust in our Heavenly Father. Nothing arrogant about it. Nothing self-centered about it. Nothing like, well, I get up in the morning and I go to work and I work hard and I provide and I do this. 
and I take care of business. No, you couldn't even get out of bed if he didn't allow it. You look at him like a child and you say, I'm your child and you're my father. Give me, give me this day my daily bread. And he loves that. He loves for you to depend on him and acknowledge your need of him. And that you can't make it without him. You remember what Jesus told the disciples in John 15? He said, without me, you can't do anything. That's right. And that's literally true. You can't draw your next breath without him. That's literally true. Your heart won't beat again without him. Your blood won't flow without him. Nothing works unless he enables it to work. Amen. And he's to get all the glory honor and praise for that. Give us this day a childlike trust in him. Proverbs 10, 3 says, the Lord will not allow his children to go hungry. Amen. Heard about an old agnostic who lived in the same apartment building with a little widow woman. She was a Christian lady and he was walking down the hall one day and she was on her knees praying. She was on, she was on social security and her money had run out and she didn't have enough groceries for the rest of the month. And she is on her knees asking her loving Heavenly Father to give her some groceries. And he walked by and he heard that. And he said, I'm going to have some fun with that old woman. He said, I'm going to take care of this and make her think God did it. So he went and bought her a week's worth of groceries, brought them back to the door, knocked on the door, and she opened the door and saw those groceries. She said, well, praise the Lord. God answered my prayer. And he said, you're a fool, old woman. God didn't do that. I bought those groceries for you. And she said, well, glory be, it's a greater miracle than I thought. God used the devil as a delivery boy. <laughs> you like that, didn't you? Doing, doing that clapping, I like that. But let's, let's take an honest look at something in closing. If the Christian faith cannot stand the scrutiny of men, then it's a very weak religion. Amen. Come ahead with it. Look at it. Judge it. Do whatever you want. It holds up to anyone's scrutiny. There's a group mentioned in Hebrews 11, 36 and 37, who were not delivered from persecution it says they were destitute. That means they went hungry. Now, how do you reconcile that with what all we've been saying? Here's a group that didn't have food. Here's a group that didn't have clothes, afflicted and tormented. There was a group that the Lord singled out, and here's the reason why. He used them in a very special, unique way to bring him even more glory then we could have brought him just having our everyday needs met under ordinary circumstances. When you pick out a people like that who suffer loss, who do not have their needs met, and it's all in the sovereign purpose of God, it does not, it does not do away with this. It does not uh, put it aside. It does not conflict with it. It's still true. God's word is true, but there are exceptions in some situations to some of his principles, and here's the reason why. God in his own sovereignty, in his own beautiful mind that we don't understand, chooses some people to suffer in such a way and go without their needs being met so they can bring him even more glory than we would 
if our needs were met normally. Yeah. J. Vernon McGee said this one time. Any of you ever hear him on the radio uh, through the Bible? J. Vernon McGee, amazing fellow. Now the Lord. He said this one day, and I never forgot it. What honesty. He said, I had cancer. I contracted cancer. But he said, the Lord healed me of it. And he said, the reason the Lord healed me is because I was so weak in faith and I complained about it and questioned God about it and he could not have gotten any glory out of that. So he used people and let them have cancer and keep the cancer so that he could be glorified in their lives because they would respond properly. Wow, that's honest. That said on nationwide radio, I heard it. He said, God couldn't trust me to be sick with cancer because I complained and I didn't give him glory and he healed me. But he had to find somebody else to give the cancer to that would not be healed and would trust me and say, Whatever you want from me, I want you to be glorified. And God gave that person the cancer and didn't heal them. That's amazing, isn't it? That is utterly amazing. But God has his way. Everything we've read is absolutely true. You believe that? Say amen. amen. Everything in here is true. I mean, this is a biblical principle. God meets our needs. But in his own sovereign mind, he does select some and does not meet that need so he can be glorified more in their destitute way than he can with us in our plenty when God answers a prayer. It takes a special kind of person, a special kind of faith, a special kind of giving glory to God to suffer loss and just say, Lord, to God be the glory. That takes a special kind of Christian. And God is glorified more so in that, I guess, than the everyday needs being met. But here it is. Give us this day our daily bread. Has God ever failed you? Has he? No. My goodness. My daughter-in-law's here tonight. Kelton has got to get up real early and drive to Kentucky. He couldn't make it tonight. But... You can ask Kelton about this, sweetheart. He's lived with us all through the years, and God's met every need all the time, never fail. I'm just amazed. I, I mean, just everything in every turn of every corner, he's always been there and always provided. And he's done the same for you or you wouldn't be here. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Our great, big, wonderful God, let's glorify him. And if you love God tonight, say amen. 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 Stand, if you will, please. Wow, this is wonderful. I don't know. Wayne, could we, or Roger, could we sing to God be the glory? Do we know that song? Yeah. Hey, Miss Kathy, can we do that tonight? We'll pray in a minute. Let's just get you a book. I want to sing that together. To God be the glory, great things he had done. Uh, not tonight, honey. <laughs> All right.
Page four, get your book. Let's sing it out to God be the glory. Great thing is done. Sing a couple of verses, Roger, and then we'll pray and ask the Lord to keep us until Sunday. You lead it, brother. Let's sing it. Do your best. <clears throat>
thank you for the message we heard tonight, Father. I ask you to, Lord, help us to, to keep it in our heart, Father, and honor and praise you with it, Lord. So I ask you to bring it back, bring us back Sunday, Father. Sunday school in church, Father. Worship your spirit and truth. Lord, have thy way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.